This podcast was brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Dr. Dawn on Careers. Welcome to Dr. Donan Careers, your personal career coach here on SiriusXM Business Radio Channel 132. Every week we are live on Thursday, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific with a full hour of career talk to answer all of your job search and career questions. So if it's Thursday, noon Eastern, get on those phones, 844-942-7866, because Dion and Dana are in studio to make this show run smoothly and to talk to you, 844-942-7866. Hey, I'm Dr. Don Graham, and in my day job, I lead career coaching for the executive MBAs at the Wharton School. I'm also a licensed psychologist, former corporate recruiter, and author of the book, Switchers, How Smart Professionals Change Careers and See Success. And if it's Thursday, noon Eastern, we want to hear from you, because as always, it's open calls. Your personal career coaches in 844-942-7866. So let's go right to in the news. So here's the deal. Background checks are one of the many obstacles for job seekers who were formerly incarcerated and a drug screening for marijuana might cost someone a position even in states where recreational use is legal. So what do you do about it? Well, this summer, the body shop will become one of the first large retailers to embrace a different approach called open hiring. No interviews, no background checks, no drug tests, just three questions. Are you authorized to work in the U.S.? Can you stand up for eight hours? And can you lift over 50 pounds? So the company has already piloted this practice, which is pioneered by the New York social enterprise Grayston Bakery in its North Carolina distribution center at the end of 2019 with striking results. So to speak a little bit about this today, we have Andrea Blyden on the phone, who is the U.S. general manager at the company, and she's going to join us today to share how open hiring has has been working. And for those of you unfamiliar, The Body Shop is a cosmetic, skincare, and perfume company that was founded in 1976 in the UK and has about 3,000 stores in more than 65 countries. So, Andrea, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. So this is really exciting because um, today we're going to be talking about uh, the topic of today's It's Not Fair. And we know there are so many biases in the hiring process that prevent qualified, eager job seekers from getting hired. And one of them, you know, the background checks is such a huge one because people who have something in their past that may prevent them from getting hired or like the the stats show if your marijuana is legal in your state, but they're testing, this may prevent you. There's so many of these biases. And what I love about what the body shop is doing is that you are um, giving people an opportunity to get around some of these. So so tell us what prompted the body shop to make this change, Andrea. So we were actually very inspired by the work that Grayston Bakery is doing. And Grayston Bakery uh, is a bakery up in Yonkers. And they came and shared with us how all of their apprenticeships, all of their apprentices are hired through an open hiring process. And that's kind of what got us thinking about how can we take that, that way of thinking and, you know, implement it in our business. So in September, we launched it in our distribution center with a very similar approach that Grayston takes. And then in this summer, like you said, we're rolling it out to our retail stores. But what I, I think is also really important to note about open hiring is, is that while over 600,000 people, you know, leave prison every year and enter the, the workforce, hopefully, their open hiring is not just for the incarcerated population. It's also for people who don't have a work history, who don't have a high school diploma, potentially, uh, It's for senior citizens that want to work, that don't, you know, aren't considered for jobs, for moms entering back into the workforce. It actually uh, opens up more than just the incarcerated population to, to really have access to jobs. 
Which I which I love about this model because it gives people a chance. And I think that's what a lot of people are lacking in all the different populations that you mentioned. Sometimes you just need a chance. And I love that, you know, the the method or the, the not method, the kind of uh, values behind this are being socially responsible. And there's so many benefits that come out of this, like reducing welfare, reducing poverty, um, reducing the people who are using unemployment benefits because now they're employed and giving people an opportunity to build up a work history and to move forward in their careers. So it it is so inspiring that that the body shop is taking this this page from Grayston Bakery. But I'm sure that when you guys thought about implementing this, Andrea, you had some concerns. What what were some of those concerns? Sure. I mean, I think through any brand new initiative, a company has to think through, you know, what, what concerns look like and what potential roadblocks are. But I have to be very honest, when we told our distribution center that we were going to launch this in September, there were very few concerns. So what we did is we spoke to the the leadership team at our distribution center. We took them through the program. We answered any questions that they had. You know, I think a lot of people, the first question is, what if we hire a murderer? And the the simple answer is, is we might have hired murderers that just haven't been caught because that, that is actually the reality of today's day and age. Not everyone gets Good point. for crimes. Good point. And <laughs> and thought of that side of yeah. it, but that's true. Yeah. And then what we did is we actually had Grayston Bakery come in and speak to the whole entire uh, supervisor team at our distribution center and really take them through uh, their experience with open hiring. And nothing out of the ordinary has happened for them. And I could tell you when we launched this in September, nothing out of the ordinary happened for us. We had a very normal uh, peak period in our distribution center. In fact, we improved our performance measures. We picked more units per hour than we have in past years. We filled jobs quicker and we were able to give people a chance, as you said. So it was a very successful pilot. And I I, I think that the, the biggest thing when you launch something like open hiring is not to spend too much time in what what could be. You know, you spend so much time thinking about what what could happen and what might happen that it actually puts up barriers and biases that don't exist. Yeah, for sure. I, I You know, the more you're talking about this, um, and this is why I wanted to have you on the show today, because when I read the article, I was so inspired and intrigued, and I want to spread the word about this, because we know it's costly to hire. On average, companies spend over $4,000 per hire, um, and with the unemployment rate at 3.7, it's time to shift that that model, and that's kind of what, what Grayston is saying, and this is what the body shop is is enacting and you're absolutely right I mean let's 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 be honest we can all look at our past and we, there's things we've we've not been caught doing but we've not had that on our record so we didn't have to explain it away and you know some people have bad luck some people have um, you know things they've done earlier in their life that that maybe are haunting them and this is an opportunity to start over start fresh or some people just like you said don't have a history of of work and are finding it really difficult to get experience when everybody wants experience So there's so many people that this model serves. And you're so right. Whenever there's a change, Andrea, and a major change in doing something, everybody comes to the forefront with all the reasons why it won't work. And, you know, unfortunately, you don't really know until you try it. We always say on Dr. Dawn on Careers, clarity comes through action. So, hey, if you're just tuning in, we're talking about the new concept of open hiring. So no interviews, no background checks, no drug tests, just a few questions about your ability to do the job. And helping us with that today, we have Andrea Blyden on the phone, who is U.S. General Manager at The Body Shop, who has piloted this um, open hiring and plans to roll it out more widely in 2020. So so tell us a little bit about the stats, Andrea, because you guys have had some some pretty stellar results in terms of retention um, in this model. Yeah, so we hire over 200 employees over our peak period in the distribution center, and our turn rates went down 60% from the prior year. So we were able to keep talent for much longer because in past years, people leave, you know, mid into the holiday season. We did not experience that. Our 
turn rates were significantly reduced and our performance went up. So we saw a 13% improvement in units per hour picked. So we had a highly dedicated team and now that team is put on a list to fill permanent roles as they become available this year and we've already started filling them with the pool of seasonal talent that we hired in the holiday season. Yeah, that is that is fantastic. It's commendable. Hey, if you're listening, would you consider an open hiring model for your company? 844-942-7866 or maybe you've benefited from an open hiring model or would like to find out more companies who are doing this. Give us a call. Dr. Don on Career Serious XM 132. 844-942-7866. On today's show, we're talking all about processes that are just not fair in hiring. And more so, we're also talking about strategies to help you get past them, of which open hiring and this new concept in in bringing people into your company is one of those that I think is trailblazing the way. And we're super excited to be talking with Andrea Blyden, who is the U.S. General Manager of The Body Shop, about what that is like and their incredibly successful results in doing this. So, so to your point, Andrea, you know, I was reading some of the comments that have come out of interviewing staff and, you know, some of the things they've said is, I've been struggling to find a job and this is one of the only places that would hire me so I'm just not going to mess this up and I think that is that is an absolutely true testament of of the results you're seeing. So if other companies want to to look into this to see if this might be a model that fits them, what are some of the things they might want to consider? So one, I think we had talked about this earlier but how do you break down the barriers in your company and the way people might approach this uh, upon first look with no information? So for us, that was educating our staff and our supervisors. So we brought in someone from Greystone Bakery, and we also uh, brought in one of the people who started in the apprenticeship programs at Greystone Bakery and has worked his way up. I think he's been there about 11 years and is now a supervisor there. And we, we shared his story with them. And when you get motivated, when you see it firsthand and you're motivated by someone's life experience and the opportunity that you were able to give them through providing the job, it becomes almost impossible to not want to do this. So I think creating the right the right environment for people to get educated, the right environment for people to ask questions, and then inspiring them is really important. And then the other piece is move fast. You know, they're, the only way that you're going to know how this is going to work at your company and the right criteria you need for open hiring and all of that is if you try it and learn and adapt and be nimble and put the right support structure in place. Our, our HR team was extremely, extremely hands-on with this launch and the rollout of this and give, give supervisors the right access to HR support if they need it and put up, um, don't put up the barriers and don't let the barriers be put up. I, I think it's a really important thing. Uh, when you try to think about every possible thing that could happen, that's when you create an environment where things like open hiring can't, can't work. Yeah, so true, so true. I think I think that is it. Clarity comes through action. Try it. Maybe there's ways you need to modify it to fit your particular business. But I love this idea because one of the things we're all about on Dr. Dawn on Careers is breaking down those unfairness and bias barriers, which is what today's show is theme is. So if you've got a question around open hiring, or maybe you're just experiencing something that's unfair, unemployment bias, um, age bias, there's so many things that can impact your job search. And what I love about what The Body Shop is doing is that you guys are trying to break down those biases. 844-942-7866. Hey, if you're interested in getting trained on open hiring, Grayston is holding a learning lab in Yonkers, New York on March 17th and 18th. So check it out at Grayston.org. 
org. Is this something your company would consider? Is this something that you want more information about? Definitely check out the website. And um, Andrea, thank you so much for joining us. Andrea Blyden, U.S. General Manager at The Body Shop, who is pioneering this, this new concept of open hiring. We really appreciate your time today and more so what you are doing to make changes in this process. So thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. No problem. Yeah. And we wish you all the best and look forward to many, many more positive results from from the open hiring. So, hey, you're just tuning in. You are listening to Dr. Dawn on Careers. We're taking your calls all hour because, you know, Thursday is open calls, 844-942-7866. Hey, it's not fair. That's the theme of today's show. And yes, there are many things about the hiring process that falls into the unfair bucket. But today on Dr. Dawn on Careers, we are continuing our quest to help job seekers get around these practices so you can land the job you want. If you've got a question or comment, of course, we love to hear from listeners, 844-942-7866. So if it's Thursday, guess what? You can give us a call all hour long. The phone lines are open right now. Speaking of not fair, while we'd love to trust that the job search process is is unbiased and linear and straightforward and all those things, we know it's not. It's more often biased, irrational, confusing, circular, all of those things that make it very frustrating when you're in a job search. So in my newest LinkedIn learning course, Getting Into the Mind of the Hiring Manager, I share these challenges, but even better how to spot and overcome them in your job search. If you're a premium LinkedIn member, all of my courses are available for free. But if not, listen up for 24 hours starting on Monday at 7 p.m. I'll be opening the course, getting into the mind of the hiring manager to everyone. So in 26 minutes, you'll learn about the psychology behind the job search and how you can use that knowledge to your advantage. Check it out on LinkedIn Learning Monday at 7 p.m. I will press open so everybody can take that course for free. Check it out. Hey, we are going to go right to the phone lines now on Dr. Dawn on Careers. And if you'd like to get in queue, give us a call 844-942-7866. But Bridget in Colorado, what's on your mind today? Hi, Bridget. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah. Hey, I have a question really quick from an employer's perspective. Sure. And this is a little different than what you were just talking about a minute ago. Um, I have an employee who keeps taking liberties. But, you know, started at little things like just coming in a little later, going home a little bit earlier, maybe not getting all of his pickups, you know, on a route. Um, and so I've had many, like, little, like, talks. Like, we go for we go for walks and we do talks, kind of check-in meetings. Yep. And I'm like, hey, you know, we need to work on this. We need to work on this. And I've recently hired another employee who could replace this person. And so now he's all of a sudden acting much better. He didn't mean stepping up a little bit more. But recently has just been his texting. And maybe this is a texting thing with millennials. It's so negative. Text. Do I take that seriously? Do I, you know, say if you're going to talk to me, always have to call me? Like, but then where would, so that's kind of a yeah, so Bridget, you sound like you have been trying to to take the high road and um, you know talk to this person as as an equal and somebody who's an adult and who can kind of recognize that what you're saying here is pretty serious and and give them the benefit of the doubt that that they just needed a little bit prompting to make some changes. But from what you're saying, this isn't working for this person. This person needs a lot more direct feedback. And I would say if you've not been documenting all of these conversations and if you've not been very specific on your expectations of behavior for example we need you here in your chair at 9 a.m. and the workday ends at 5 p.m., whatever that is, then those things need to start happening and that documentation may need to get to the point of, um, you know, a PIP, a performance improvement plan where the employee has a specific amount of days to correct their behavior. And especially the negative texts are directed towards you. Is that? Yeah, I just like, 
Yeah, so you're cutting out a little bit, Bridget. So um, it sounds like that that uh, whatever these negative texts are, and maybe this is this is going to be something that you say. You know what? If the, these are things we need to talk about in person, but I would say definitely you need to give this person a set amount of time to change their behavior and to make significant improvements. Um, document everything and make sure that the improvement behaviors are very specific, so they can't be misinterpreted so you need to be here at this time you need to be here at that you need to leave at this time we expect your production to be this Um, when you're communicating we need you to communicate in person or via phone or whatever those things are um, and that we you know won't tolerate texts that are aggressive or abusive um, in nature so you need to kind of lay all that out give the person uh, it sounds like you've already given them a warning I don't know if it's been documented but if it hasn't I mean give the person a, 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 an amount of time where they can demonstrate these changes and um, that might be something that gets this person's attention. Do we do we still have you on the line, Bridget? Yes, I'm here. I love all that. Thank you so much. Yeah, you you kind of have to do a CYA um, a little bit because I do think people can claim they misunderstood or, you know, you have a conversation when walking, which I love, by the way. I love the combination of, of uh, having standing meetings and walking meetings. But the challenge with that is that, you know, people can interpret that differently and say, hey, we're just going for a walk. We we're just kind of shooting the breeze when, in fact, you were looking at, at it as a management meeting and they were looking at it as a lunch break. So I think, I think getting on the same page and either the person's going to shape up or they're going to get you know fed up and say this is you know you're not going to tell me what to do and they're going to find something else so uh, chances are either way your problem will be solved but that's really frustrating and I wish you all the best Bridget we we love these types of questions Dr. Dawn on careers isn't just about the job search but it is about having the most fulfilling career whether that means you're having a challenge with your boss or your employee in this case or you're just not sure how to get a promotion or maybe you have a frustrating coworker. Any and all of those things we want to help you with here on Dr. Dawn on Careers. Thank you so much for giving us a call, Bridget. Um, please do call back anytime, 844-942-7866. Hey, it is not fair is today the theme, today's theme. Um, and guess what? Life is not fair. But if you know the challenges you're facing, you can build a strategy to get around them. And that's what we want to help you with today. We talked about open hiring earlier in the show. And if you missed that very, very interesting new concept in hiring, you're going to want to go back and check that out. Um, Or maybe you're just tuning in now and you have a question. 844-942-7866. We are going to go to Sandy in Florida. Welcome to the show, Sandy. What's on your mind today? Uh, Thank you for taking my call. Um, I'm 58, college educated, um, gave up my career to be a stay-home mom, PTA mom, all that. Um, wanting to get back into the workforce, and I have failed numerous times on these personality algorithm tests. I've never even gotten past these things because, you know, it's like, uh, do you do you think about stealing often? Never. <laughs> I no, think about I it every day, stealing. Sandy. And I, I can't get past yeah. them. Well, my daughter uh, is uh, college educated and 28, and she's... Uh, looking to uh, get another position. And she said, Mom, you're not going to believe this. I just failed that stupid test, and I can't even get a one-on-one interview. I yeah. can't get past the, the this thing on online to even sell myself. Yeah, so, yeah. Totally understand. And this is exactly the theme that we're talking about today, the bias that is out there. Now, um, personality is not a test you can necessarily fail, but companies probably have put together something that they feel is a fit with their culture and come up with a, the, a, some kind of assessment to to test that out. Now, whether or not it's valid, that's questionable. As long as they have everybody take it, then it's it usually falls within, you know, legal bounds. But the challenge is is that you can't you can't train for this. You can't um, change who you are, you know, um, if you're thinking about stealing every day, then, you know, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure that is the wrong answer. But uh, here's the deal. One of the things that's going to help get around all these biases for both you and, and the people you love is uh, this is a game and companies 
think they're doing the right thing by trying to minimize the hundreds of applications they get into a select few that have the the foundational skills they want. But a lot of these tests or a lot of these applicant tracking systems are programmed by humans, which means they are biased too. So your best bet or anybody's best bet is to get around these systems through trying to get a referral, trying to find somebody in the company that you know, trying to find somebody that maybe knows the the um, boss or the team to get you past this system. Because quite frankly, I, I think most companies have not validated these systems and whether or not they give it to everybody. They've not done the outcome studies to see, are these the people who are actually doing great in the company? Or is this something that we just, you know, decided to use and seems to be working well enough? So you are not at all failing this test. In my opinion, we are failing job seekers in the broken processes that we're using to hire people. So I think you need to Step away from the companies that are using this. Start looking at your LinkedIn, building your network, looking at your second level contacts. Chances are, um, you know, you have a lot of people you know, whether they're friends, family, community contacts, people you used to work with, people you went to school with. And I know some of these people you probably have lost touch with. But the great thing oh, yeah. about social media is that it's not hard to re-engage and reconnect. And, and nobody thinks it's weird to reach out to somebody you went to high school with and reconnect, even if, you know, you didn't really even like each other that much in high school. I mean, it's just one of those things that has become very acceptable. So what I would do is I would start thinking about where you want to be. Do you have a clear plan about where you want to be, Sandy? Oh, well, I went to uh, college to train to be a, a diamond jeweler. Um, and then, you know, I, but I haven't done it, you know, in a couple of decades because I've raised a family. Um, so, you know, I just, just anything, uh, I, I, I like to be creative, so I've done, you know, floral design and things like that. But I just, just to even get a, uh, just a simple job, just to get me out of the house, I haven't been able to pass the, uh, that weird algorithm uh, thing. It's just really odd. And my daughter, she went in, she knew that these people were hiring for what she does. She's a vet tech. And um, she went in saying, uh, you know, I, I'm sorry, but I, I, I thought I was supposed to have a, uh, a, a, an interview with such and such and they said oh you didn't pass the personality wait is uh, this like one company test. that's like <laughs> like kind of an interim agency who's doing this where are all these where are all these tests coming from oh, everything uh, i i even have a bachelor's degree in art and you know i couldn't even pass the one for michael's craft craft store weird <laughs> it's crazy i'm like oh my gosh weird <laughs> okay <laughs> Weird. Don't worry. I, I don't know how to pass these tests because I'm just being honest. You know, I I don't think about taking drugs. I don't think about good. stealing. I don't. You know, I just want to do my job and do the best I can do. But they don't I, ask that know. question. They just ask about drugs and stealing. And you oh know. yeah, I've, I've had a, you know I've had some <laughs> so. of these questions. You know, do you take drugs? Do you think about taking drugs? How often do you think about taking drugs? I'm like. Wow. I mean, after just listening to that, I feel like I should be taking drugs. I mean, geez, that is a lot of questions around drugs. Um, Yeah. So (laughs) I'm laughing because Dion's here laughing. And I I just. (laughs) That's a lot of questions around drugs. It really is. Don't you think? I mean, what about questions about, hey, what can you contribute? What value do you add? Um, You know, how do you deal with customers? Are you adding value while you're on drugs? Yeah. Oh, there you go. (laughs) Can you work while you're on drugs? See, they're not asking the right questions there, Sandy. Um, Yeah. So what I would say is step back. Stop filling out these personality slash drug assessments and start focusing on what you want to do. So think about it. So right now you're kind of applying everywhere, but I think you're going to get a lot more traction out of picking a, a field. And you know what? The market has changed. The market has changed since you got your degree, since you were working. So I think it would be worth your time to do a little bit of, of kind of assessment on you know what, what markets are growing, which are shrinking, and where do your current skills fit the best? Where can you add the most value? And then go in and have conversations in this place. So maybe it is floral um, design. Maybe that's what you target. And then you look at the florists in your area and you go and you have individual conversations with them or you find somebody in your network who maybe frequents the the um, company and can give you a referral. I think you need to, to step back. These structured processes, I know 
are are kind of misleading because they make us think, oh, like this is the process and I just have to kind of check the boxes. But unfortunately, especially in this case, they're ending up pushing away a lot of good workers and um, God knows who's working there because, I mean, if you're failing the personality test, I mean, I've only known you for a few minutes, but I, I would want to hire you, then I don't know who's passing this test. I mean, so that's what I would do. First, focus on where you want to be, then map out how your skills will be an asset there, and then start looking at your network. I mean, maybe you frequent a florist and, you know, you have conversations with them and you you just share your interests. You know, I'm really, I would love to, to be able to contribute and work here when you have an opening. I mean, these things work so much better than these ambiguous personality tests that somebody just created because they thought they were doing a good thing and it's just weeding out people who are like yourself very eager to work and contribute so that's what you need to do step back assess your plan a build your network and look that way sandy and i think that would work for for other people that are you you know in your life who are struggling with this as well so thank you so much for calling i'm i'm so sorry you're dealing with that but this is exactly the bias we're talking about on today's show these things are out there and we keep trying them and trying them thinking that we can find the answer find a way around them when they're not designed that way i mean they're designed to weed people out these tests are designed to weed people out applicant tracking systems are designed to weed people out the hiring process is about elimination not selection and this is the problem with today's broken hiring processes is that we get all these applications and then we're like well the first thing we need to do is weed people out that's not what hiring is about hiring is about selection and trying to find people who are going to be a good fit for your company and these processes are doing the opposite okay deep breaths all right dion let's go to our pre-break quiz let's have a little fun quiz. there's a quiz Okay, so under pressure to make their children's menu healthier, McDonald's redesigned their milk jugs and reduced their french fry sizes, but their wackiest attempt at making their menu more nutritious was this. Think you know? 844-942-7866. What was McDonald's wackiest attempt at making their menu more nutritious? And I'll give you a bonus question because I know this is kind of hard, Dion. Oh, boy. Yeah, the bonus question. This is the only state capital that doesn't have a McDonald's in the U.S. So there's your bonus question. Not much easier, but there you go. 844-942-7866. You're listening to Dr. Dawn on Career Series XM 132. And we will be right back. You're listening to Dr. Dawn on Careers. On Business Radio. Welcome back to Dr. Dawn on Careers, Series XM 132. We're taking your calls all hour if it's Thursday, noon Eastern. 844-942-7866. Today's topic is all about it's not fair. And we know there's so many biases in the hiring process. And many of them are legal, but really hard to prove, especially when companies can afford attorneys and we can't. I mean, things like age, race, gender, unemployment bias, not hiring you because you're pregnant. There's so many things. And we're here on today's show to help you get around these different types of biases. So I was I was doing some research on some stories about about these hiring biases and Dion you may remember there was a uh, there was a pre-break quiz about men wearing wedding rings because it made them seem more stable. You know in, I don't remember I know the you don't remember. Quizzes. I know. I was Why just, would you do this? I know. Well, I didn't ask you to remember the answer, but I'm good. I'm tying it back to where it came from. Okay, great, because I thought you were going to ask for the answer. No, I am not. I'm not. But but men were wearing fake wedding rings because hiring bias shows that they that hires feel like men who are married are more stable. And then there was more research done that women who wore large or expensive looking engagement rings were determined to be more high maintenance. And so, so women were taking off their engagement rings. Are these things legal, fair? No, but these things are are actual um, 
studies that are coming out. And so what can you do? There was another woman who kept a picture of two children on her desk, even though she didn't have children, hoping candidates would ask about them and reveal if they had children. And so um, another guy went to the car and looked for, for uh, baby seats. You know, I mean, all of these things, and these are extreme, of course, and I'm hoping that most of our listeners don't face these extremes. But whether or not you do, I think it's important to know these things are happening out there and to recognize that that humans are infallible. We do buy, We do have unconscious, a lot of times, biases that are getting in the way. Way. And we also know that humans program a lot of these employment tests and applicant tracking systems. So those biases are more often than not kind of seeping into these these different things, which is why we talk about networking so much. And I know people say, oh, yeah, that's easier said than done. But the fact is, is that we all have a network. We all have a group of people who also have groups of people. And if you think about that exponentially and you start putting time into building it and having conversations and sharing your goals and asking people questions and being curious about them, you'll be surprised at how many opportunities start to come your way. If you want an easy way to do that, you should check out my TED Talk, just go to my website. It is right there. And I talk about how we miss these opportunities every day with the people we already know and our biggest cheerleaders. 844-942-7866. So let's talk about one type of bias, unemployment bias. There was just an article in the HuffPost today about this. And this is in fact real, that um, there are for certain companies who may not put this in the the job requirements, but they have an internal policy that you must be currently employed before they even consider you. And so the fact is, is that you've probably heard it's easier to get a job when you have one already. But the research actually shows that this is an absolute clear bias, that there's a discrimination against unemployed job seekers. And they the there's tons of research studies that they receive 45% fewer callbacks, um, that one study showed that if you were employed, you had more interviews, more unsolicited offers, and this is passive hiring. So we talk about passive hiring on Dr. Dawn on Careers, which is, um, you know, instead of putting out a job ad and getting hundreds of applications to sort through, what companies are doing is they're looking at your LinkedIn and they're they're looking for people they can cherry pick so that they can save money and time and get the people they want. Another study showed that they sent out 5,000 fake resumes with varying degrees of experience and that people who are employed, even though they had less relevant experience, were called back more time. So this is a real thing. Again, hard to prove. But what if you find yourself in this situation? Um, If you find yourself in this situation, there's a couple of things you can do. So first off, recognize there's a national employment law project that is making an effort to combat unemployment bias. And you should check out the companies who have agreed to work with this policy and not discriminate against the long-term unemployed. So major players like Apple, Xerox, General Motors, eBay, Gap have all joined this movement. So I think one of the best things, if you find yourself in any situation where you're experiencing a bias, whether it's it's around age, gender, orientation, um, unemployment, is to find companies that have a culture that is accepting because that's going to be one of the key things is looking at companies that have recognized that that discrimination of any kind is going to eventually hurt their business. Obviously, networking is always going to be on the list. Um, Consider the gig economy. One of the things we all we all have been laid off. I've been laid off twice. Situations happen. The industry's changing. Maybe AI is taking over your role. Things happen, and I think you need to be prepared in a couple of ways. One, you always want to have some reserve, obviously, in the bank if you can. You always want to be building your network, and you always want to kind of have an idea of a fallback. So if so, if something is happening in your industry and you do get laid off, are there, there are things in the gig economy that you could participate in? Do you have a skill that could be something you could be hired as a consultant or do some independent practice? So there's a lot of things that that we can do to either earn money or maybe we do it on a volunteer basis, but to make sure that we're using that gap 
in our our resume wisely because companies are going to be more interested that we've spent the time not just looking for a job but doing things that have contributed to growing our skills and helping us meet new people and stay current in the industry. Um, Something else is definitely never, 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 never identify yourself by your employment status, meaning if you go to a networking event or you're redoing your LinkedIn, don't say I'm unemployed or I'm currently looking or anything like that. That is never, 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 never your brand. No matter if you're getting a paycheck or not, your brand is always the value you bring to your audience, whatever that audience is. And even if you're not working in a current company or even if you're not um, getting paid in your industry at the moment, when somebody asks where do you work or what company you work for, your first response isn't I'm not working. It is, you know, the the um, what I do is X, Y, and Z, and currently I'm looking for you know, a new place to do that. But never the first thing is I'm unemployed. Never the first thing. Talk about what you do because you add value whether or not you're getting a paycheck. So that's unemployment bias. But let's get back to McDonald's, Dion. Under pressure to make their children's menu healthier, McDonald's wackiest attempt was this. What was it, Dion? Okay, wait. So you said they made the fry smaller. They did. That wasn't wacky. And you said they made the milk smaller or bigger. Well, they kind of added milk and... Oh, they added milk. Yeah. Okay. I thought you said they made the milk smaller and I was confused because I thought milk was supposed to be good for you. Yeah, it's debatable, but... Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's debatable. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm going to say... You said wacky, so that kind of makes... It's wacky. That that makes my answer no no longer. I had two answers and and neither of them are wacky. Mm -hmm. Um, I had... uh, Offering apple slices instead of fries because I thought I thought that was the thing they, they were doing. They do do that. And Let me just give you a hint. They don't do this anymore. It didn't work. Oh, yeah. Then I, my other answer was they made the burger smaller. No. No, this is wacky. Like out there wacky, Dion. <laughs> I have no idea. Dana, do you know? I mean, I was going to say carrot and apple slices. Um, so that's my guess. But they do that now. Where they don't like veggie burgers for kids? Oh, no. That wouldn't be wacky. That's awesome. Not for kids. Uh, kids don't want veggie burgers. You can't tell the difference. I actually did go. Here's a, here's a something you didn't know about me. No oh boy. I know. I went to, uh, I was at a conference a couple of weeks ago, and we had lunch on our own. There was a Burger King, and I went to have the Impossible Burger. Right. It was so good. I had an Impossible Whopper. It See, was here's, so here's, good. Here's my problem. I never go to Burger here's, King. Here's my problem with yeah. the, the Impossible Burger. Yeah. Would you trust a vegan place to to make you beef? Yeah, no, I'm not saying that I like you know I'm going to do this every day. I just I, I just I was by myself. I knew no one would know <laughs> that I was going to Burger King. I know you know I could throw away the evidence, but I so wanted to so, try but, it. But it was good. It was good. Because I'm curious, but I'm. Eh. It was good. I hate to say it. it was good. I'm sure okay. it was cooked on a a beef oh, yeah. fryer and yeah. all that. There, and, you it's, know, it's 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 got beef flavor. Yeah. So I know that, <laughs> but I just wanted to try it, and I knew no one would ever know. Now I said well, it on the now radio. Everybody knows. Now everyone knows. But I did it. So here's the wacky wacky thing that they did. Um, <laughs> in an attempt to make their menu more nutritious, they designed broccoli that tastes like bubble gum. Now, this failed. That's healthier? I don't know. I mean, it's broccoli. But it's, it, it's chemical. <laughs> it's got to be chemical. I don't know. Uh, the bubblegum flavored <laughs> broccoli was a failure. So you that, think? That is, I know. <laughs> but this is why clarity comes through action. You had to try it, right? No, you didn't. You, you, when, <laughs> when, you, when you see that on... on I don't think it was pink. <laughs> I think it was still green. It just Like, who came up with the idea? No, I understand coming up with the idea. Who okayed the idea? I don't know. I don't know. I just thought it was wacky. I knew you wouldn't get it, but I just, I felt like I needed to share that because. It's a terrible idea. It was terrible. Some ideas truly are terrible, I guess. Um, (laughs) A side note, uh, broccoli, you won't find broccoli growing in the wild. You want to know why? Because vegetables like this, um, cauliflower, kale, Brussels sprouts, broccoli, were developed (laughs) through a lab. So you're never going to find wild broccoli. Wait, what? Yeah, they're all developed from cabbage. Oh, boy. Centuries of careful plant breeding. Bet you didn't know that about broccoli. 
you just changed everything. Yep. I know you're not gonna you're not gonna be out there trip over some cauliflower. All right. So side note um, about McDonald's. My mind is blown. <laughs> I know. I'm telling you. I I strive. Look, I know I talk about networking a lot, and I feel like I would be remiss if I didn't give you some interesting things to talk about. Um, <laughs> I'm because I like broccoli. I love broccoli. I'm, I'm my mind is blown on this right now. Yeah. I thought it was like a real thing. I mean, it is a real thing. It's I mean, a real now thing. it's a real thing. It's a real but thing. It, but it's not like, you know, a natural real thing. I mean, they, had, they had to make it first. Yeah, it's interesting. Some of our most popular vegetables are all derived from actually way back when, the wild mustard. There you go. Things you didn't know. And it, it's Vermont. Do you know the capital of Vermont, Dion? I know. This is a tough one, too. It's not Brisbane, is it? I think that's the capital of something. Australia. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's not Australia. It's not, there's a city in Brisbane. It's Montpelier. Yeah, I'd have never got yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Dana got it. Anyway, 844-942-7866. We're done talking about broccoli, McDonald's, Impossible Burgers, and Vermont for the moment. Hey, we're talking about how it's unfair in the job search and how to get around it. And we know it's unfair. We know it's not fair that the less qualified but better networked person got the job. We know this. We know it's not fair that they hired a younger person again. It's not fair your application got stuck in the applicant tracking system. It's not fair they hired the internal candidate over you but made you go through all the steps. Look, I dislike the hiring game as much as you, but that's why we're here in Dr. Dawn on Careers because we can teach you how to win it and land the job you want. These things happen all the time and while they're not in your control when you know that they're happening you can create a strategy to get around them so you know another thing that comes up is pregnancy so should you share your pregnancy in the interview if you're not showing and I know there's a lot of schools of thought on this should you shouldn't you but you know here's some things to think about if you're you're interviewing and you are pregnant but not yet showing because we know that companies cannot bias against you legally, but we also know that it's really difficult to prove that they are biased against you. So, you know, for every story of a woman who shares her pregnancy and gets passed over, another woman tells you that she shared and they, you know, they got hired. So it's a risk. Here are some things to consider if you are interviewing and you're deciding whether or not you want to disclose this. So first off, is your pregnancy relevant to your qualifications? In 99% of the cases, it's not. It's not. Your short-term leave won't affect your ability to have a long-term impact on your employer. So do think about that. Um, does it prevent you from doing the job duties? You know, so if it does, then that might be something that you need to disclose. So if you know your job's going to require you to travel extensively or lift strenuous like, you know, strenuously in boxes and move things around and that's not something you're comfortable doing, then that might be one situation where you need to disclose it. But for the most part, normally it does not. Would a male disclose that his partner is pregnant? So, you know, this is something that probably wouldn't even cross a, a man's mind to say, oh, by the way, I'm me and my spouse are having a baby, um, even if the company offered paternity leave. So so think about that. Um, the other thing I would say is, is the company disclosing every detail to you? So I've had clients who started jobs only to learn that their their new boss was resigning or, you know, the 401k benefits that they were promised were being discontinued. You know, I've seen a number of times the role wasn't at all what it was described in the hiring process. So, you know, we, nobody wants to start a new job in a situation where you feel like you're being... Um, you know, vague about some important details or that there's a lack of trust. And I think that's never the intention, but I do think you need to consider these things before you disclose. And and if you're waffling, how about this? You share the information once the offer is extended so that way it doesn't impact the decision. So if the hire gets really upset after that, then it's pretty telling that they probably would have been upset and, and maybe not hired you because of it. So think about these things. Hey, are you in this situation? Do you know somebody in this situation? Maybe you've hired 
someone in this situation. We want to know 844-942-7866. There's so many ways to get um, the unconscious bias comes into the hiring process. And, you know, some of them are going back to wacky, not not bubblegum flavored broccoli wacky but you know there's a lot of research out there that shows that you're more likely to get hired on a Tuesday at 10 a.m. if you're last in the interview lineup so why is that and and that does sound wacky but there's reasons for it so one hires hiring managers get better at asking questions as they go so the more candidates they interview candidates share different details with them and they, and they realize hey you know, I should ask the next applicant that and the next applicant. Maybe you were first in the lineup and they didn't think to ask you that. So their assumption is you don't have those skills. So that's one. Um, also, the recency effect. It's a real thing. We tend to remember uh, what we've seen last. So if you're hiring people and the last person's pretty good, then that person is stuck in your mind. You know, also, why Tuesday at 10 a.m.? Well, research shows that Mondays tend to be really hectic. So by Tuesday, you've kind of calmed down and gotten your inbox under control. And at 10 a.m., you're not hangry yet. So you're not aching for lunch and you don't have the the post-food coma that you might have at 1 p.m. So it just tends to be a really good time. Now, I know we don't often have control about where we are in the lineup or when we go in this process. However, um, you know, I think there are a couple of things you can do. You can certainly uh, ask to interview in the morning. That might be one. You can certainly uh, ask how many candidates they're interviewing and, you know, when you expect to hear back from them. And you can follow up. So if, if you don't don't know if you're first in lineup, follow up with a great thank you note that shows you are interested and reiterate some of those things that you talked about in the interview to remind them. Another great thing to do at the end of the interview is ask, is there anything about um, my candidacy that concerns you about my ability to do this job? Because if they've forgotten to ask you a question or they've forgotten to ask about a skill, this might prompt them to put that out there so that you have the opportunity to respond to it. You know, so if they say, hey, well, we're a little concerned that you live so far away, you can put out that, well, actually, my sister-in-law lives out here with her family and I'm out here all the time. So this is, you know, going to be great for me. So these are some things you could do if they say they're they're going to call you next week. You know, what does that mean? Will they call you next week? Well, if they don't, you can follow up. You can drive the process. So one of the things I think I hope for the takeaway for this show is that we tend to trust the process. We tend to trust authority. And in any case in our life, whether it's a medical professional, a hiring professional, or anything in between, you need to be empowered as an individual to ask questions, to find out what's going on behind the scenes, and make sure that you have all the information so that you can put forth the best candidacy that you can, whether it's it's um, in the job search or something else. So hey, if you're just tuning in, uh, speaking of the not fairness topic that we've had, I'm gifting my getting in the mind of the hiring manager where I share how to spot and overcome biases in the job search for 24 hours starting on Monday at 7 p.m. It's on LinkedIn Learning. But if you have premium, you already have it for free. If you don't have premium, I will gift it for free for 24 hours starting Monday at 7 p.m. So check it out on LinkedIn Learning. Thank you so much to all of our listeners and callers, Dion and Dana. We love doing this show for you every week. Dr. Dawn on Careers, your personal career coach. We are happy to answer your questions. And we will see you next time. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.